It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Welcome into Hitting Hard with John Chuckery here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Today on the show, the NBA draft is tonight. Will there be bite to the bark? And is it true what everybody says? It's Hitting Hard. It's next. Locked On Sports Atlanta. This is Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. Hitting Hard is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We ask you to subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcast and get the latest episodes of Hitting Hard as soon as they become available. Check us out on the SiriusXM app as well. Give me a follow on my personal Twitter page at JMCH316. So the NBA draft is tonight. I'll be down at State Farm Arena for my radio show where we'll be uh, doing the draft uh, expose and uh, a lot of good stuff coming up uh, from State Farm tonight. So the Hawks pick 15th, and I believe it's 46th. I don't really care about the second-round pick. Let's be honest. You can, I mean, what does it tell you about second-round picks? You can sell off second-round picks, right? Again, I could care less about what a second-round player in the NBA does. Okay, yes, there are examples of second-round picks. I think Joker is a second-round pick. Draymond Green's a second-round pick. Okay, those are so, uh, what was it, um, um, uh, the, the the point guard for um, uh, the Spurs. Now my mind uh, is drawn a blank, but Tony Parker. But so few guys materialize as second round picks. So I, that, so let let's just clear all that up. I could get, <coughs> care less about what the Falcons do in the second round. But as far as the 15th pick, I do believe that whoever they pick is probably most likely going to end up going down to College Park and playing for the Skyhawks. When you look at what this roster is, where as of now, okay, you've got all your starting five that's back and under contract. You've got most of your bench, whether it's a bogey that's a veteran, Sadiq Bey. You've got Jalen Johnson, A.J. Griffin. You've got a majority of your players back. There aren't a lot of open roster spots. So why have a guy that would be on the roster and play three or four minutes a night versus heading down to College Park, playing for the Skyhawks, and starting every night. Like, that wouldn't that wouldn't make, even though it's the 15th pick, and, and you could still find some value at 15. But why put a guy in a position like that where he's not going to play very much? And as we've seen, Quinn Snyder obviously has a shorter bench. So he doesn't play as many guys. Now, maybe that will expand as Jalen Johnson's role expands, A.J. Griffin doesn't hit that rookie wall, Maybe all of these things will start to expand themselves. But if that's the case, then there's even less reason to have the 15th pick that sits on your bench and back into the bench just to say he's on the roster. Like, I don't really understand all that. So one of the guys that several people have mocked, including Dick Vitale and others, 
is Kaysen Wallace, the point guard for uh, the Kentucky Wildcats. So at six foot two, he's considered to be, and, and again, I watch so little bit college basketball, but I, I know some things, but he's considered to be the best on-ball defender in the draft this year. Now, again, we've seen that play out where we drafted, last time we had the best on-ball defender that we could draft, we drafted DeAndre Hunter and all that. But again, we'll, we'll sidestep all of that. But look, okay, he's a guard, 6'2". Um, you know, if you if you can develop him down in, in the G League, right? I mean, he's considered, you know, one of these project picks and things like that. But if he can play defense, that's certainly a commodity that long-term the Hawks are going to need. And obviously, if we, you know, see what happens to DeJounte Murray long-term, you know, if he's going to be back or not. And, and again, I don't, I don't really have an, an idea right now if he's going to be back, if the Hawks are going to offer him a contract over the summer as an extension, what's going to really happen there. We'll talk about that more in, in just a couple minutes here. But that's fine. I mean, Wallace is one of those guys that you stash him down in the G League, let him grow, let him develop. You know, again, you're not getting, you know, Wemby. You're not getting Brandon Miller. You know, you're not getting one of those kind of more surefire picks in the top three of the draft. But this could be a guy that, okay, if he has a specific skill set attached to him, then this could pay off in the long run. And if in a year or two or whatever, if DeJounte Murray ends up not being here, maybe that's a guy that you partner up with a Trey Young. Uh, again, it'd be a small backcourt, but still, again, we'll see. Now, again, <clears throat> this is all speculative. This is all speculation on about who the Hawks are going to end up having available to them. I've seen Wallace be, you know, higher up at 11-12. I've seen him just behind the Hawks. But a lot of analysts have said that this Wallace may be the guy that that they end up picking. Okay, that's fine. I, again, the I, the concept of having a player on the roster right now just doesn't excite me. Like I don't, with all due respect, I'm gonna say this clear. I, I I don't really need more young guys on on my team. Like unless you tell me it's LeBron or Dwayne Wade, that level of player, then I don't need more young guys. I need the guys that I have that are already young to get better. I don't, I don't need more rookies and second round pick. Yes, that's the foundation of your team. Right now, I'm not in rebuild mode. At some point, we have to turn this thing around and get that ship pointed back in the right direction. More on that in a minute. But at some point, we have to get back to where we were a few years ago and start getting this thing on track without rebuilding and redeveloping and retooling and read this and read that and if words and all this other kind of stuff. You tell them I'm frustrated about the Hawks. Because I guess I, I'm, I'm going to talk about this a bit. I, I'm, I'm hoping what what may happen doesn't end up happening. So, okay, if if Kaysen Wallace is the pick at number 15, that's fine. That's fine. Again, everybody can have their opinions about who they want to pick. I like the kid because plays guard. He's got some physicality to him. He's a really, you know, he's considered the best on-ball defender. That's fine. We took the guy who was the best three-point shooter in the draft last year in A.J. Griffin. That paid off. That paid off in a big way for the Atlanta Hawks. The curious thing about A.J. Griffin was the fact that he didn't work out for the Hawks, and they didn't bring him in for an interview, and yet they still drafted him. So, again, just because a guy hasn't come into the organization for an interview 
or a workout or anything like that doesn't mean that the Hawks won't draft him because they did that with A.J. Griffin last year. He didn't even come to the building. They looked at him and said, okay, he's got a skill set that we can use. And maybe that's what they do with a Wallace if he is there and if he is available and they decide to draft him. Again, I'm not going to be mad about – I'm literally not going to be mad about anybody that the Hawks draft. It can be a project. It can be a guy that has a lot of upside with, with you know, potentially a, a big floor. It doesn't really matter because I think this player that they pick at 15 is ultimately going to end up in College Park, and he's going to have Skyhawk across his jersey. I'm not worried about having another rookie young guy on this roster right now. I've got to get the guys that I have that have been here for four, five, six years fixed and ready to go. That's the guys who are going to win me in the NBA. Unless you tell me it's LeBron James or Dwayne Wade or Steph Curry, and all of a sudden they walk on the court and they're complete difference makers, I don't believe anybody at 15 is going to be that kind of difference maker. So we'll see what the Hawks do. They may even, I mean, look, there's been some rumors that they may trade, you know, either up, they may trade their pick away. You know, that there's been some rumors with the Celtics and things like that who don't have a first round pick. And the Celtics obviously made a big trade yesterday, ditching Marcus Smart. So again, can the Hawks be active? I think that there's going to be more activity to get up into that top kind of three every area. When you're talking about the Brandon Millers and Scoot and some of those guys, there's going to be more activity as far as guys trading up on all those things. You know, I think that that's going to be where the trades are going to happen in the NBA. I don't think really at 15, but we'll see what happens. But again, I'm not going to be mad at any player that the Hawks pick. If it's Wallace, fine. He's been mocked, you know, several times in several places to the Atlanta Hawks. That's fine. Stash him down in College Park. Let him get his sea legs underneath him. Let him play. More importantly, let him get experience and play down there. And then if next year you want to bring him up, whatever, fine. Then we can figure things out. Because we'll know by the all-star, or sorry, by the trade deadline as to what this particular season is going to be for the Atlanta Hawks. All right, this episode of Hitting Hard is brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel is America's number one sports book. And as we're deep into baseball season, we're headed toward the all-star game. Obviously, we're headed toward the halfway point of the season. If you're a new customer to FanDuel, you can get your no-sweat first bet where you can get as much as $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. You go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and sign up today and claim your no-sweat first bet where if your first bet doesn't win, you can get as much as $1,000 in bonus bets. Now, look, FanDuel is safe, secure, super easy to use. They let you bet on everything from point spreads to money lines to is Aaron Judge going to hit three homers tonight, whatever it is. FanDuel's got you covered all the way around, and you can bet on everything there. So go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel.com slash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Sign up today and claim your no-sweat first bet, where if that first bet doesn't win, you can get as much as $1,000 in bonus bets. FanDuel's the official partner of Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Is there going to be bite with all of this bark. Now we talked about some of this yesterday on the program. I, I'm 
I'm uneasy about, and part of this is because Tony Wrestler has not come out and told me what we're going to do, what the direction is going to be. I don't want to hear from Landry Fields. I don't want to hear from Kyle Corver. I don't want to hear from Quinn Snyder. I want to hear from Tony Wrestler, the guy who is in charge of the decision-making for this entire organization. What I'm fearful of is that the Hawks have been linked to everybody so far this offseason. They were linked to Chris Stapp's Porzingis. That trade didn't happen. And, and I'm not mad at all that. I'm just saying they've been linked to Jalen Brown. They've been linked to uh, Pascal Siakam. They've been linked to whether it's mid-tier guys or high-caliber guys. You know, the Siakams and the Jalen Browns of the world. Everything in between. At the end of the day, though, is there going to be bite to all of this bark? A lot of barking and chirping going on. The Hawks are going to be active. I'm reading reports. They're going to be active at the at the tonight with, with the NBA draft. They may trade their pick away. They may go out and get a play. They may do all kinds of things. We heard last year that John, I was told last year by multiple people and, and Twitter folks that John Collins was getting traded on draft night last year. I, I was it was guaranteed. I heard it from multiple. I was at the draft last year, heard it from multiple people, reading all the reports, things like that. John Collins is getting traded on draft night. Oh, he didn't. Oh, okay. That that uh, did he play the whole year? Was he traded to? Oh, that that okay. He was here for the whole year. Oh, in the playoffs and everything. Okay. Now I'm not saying that there are going to be guys, maybe some guys that move, but again, here's what my fear is in all of this. Okay, is that they're going to stay in the luxury tax as of now. Okay, they're going to stay. They're they're nine to thirteen million dollars over whatever number you want to look at, into the luxury tax. They're in that marketplace. And they're going to pretty much run it back with the guys that they have, let Quinn Snyder coach these guys up, see if it gets better, see if the, the ship can turn around, the Titanic can turn around and hit, avoid hitting the iceberg and get back into a positive direction, that they're going to do it that way. And then if the trade deadline, we come up to the trade deadline, and this team is floundering around, then it's going to start being, okay, abandoned ship. It will be Murray and guys that are going to start being traded, and they'll get themselves below the luxury tax. That's my fear. That's my fear versus the way we're going to operate where we're backpedaling the whole time. And we're, and we're again, it's like the Falcons pass rush. We're counting on a lot of what-ifs, hopefuls, maybes, different things like that. And, and this is why I want to hear from Tony Wrestler. Not, not anybody else in this organization. He's the one guy. If he goes out and says, hey, we're in the luxury tax this year. Okay. All right. Here we go. Now let's go. Not, well, you know, collaborative and communicative and all this kind of stuff. Tony Wrestler can say, huh, we're going the luxury tax this year, brother. We're, 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 damn the torpedoes. We're straight ahead with all of this. We know we got to be in it. We know we're over in the luxury tax now. We got to be a good team. We got to be a, a, you know, a team that competes for titles and all of that. We're going to be in the luxury tax. Okay. All right. Well, we heard it from, from the owner. I just want to hear that. And I keep harping on this because again, I don't know what this team is going to do. I don't know where they're going with all of this. 
Yes, it's early. I understand. But again, you know, there's guys making moves everywhere. I'm, you know, TikTok, TikTok, TikTok. Guys, are, teams are making moves everywhere, right? We're seeing Brad, I mean, Bradley Beal and Przingis and Chris Paul and all. Uh, okay. Well, we got a roster that needs fixing. We, we have a team that is fundamentally flawed and has a missing chromosome in their DNA that we got to get fixed. And again, I don't think coaching is the only thing that fixes this. You can't tell me that 10 and 11 gave you all of that inspiration and they were manhandled in the Celtic series. That again, yeah, okay, they won a couple of games. But they were they were there was never going to be a series win against the Celtics when you watch that series and the first couple of ways the games played out. We got to get this thing turned around. We're going to start to lose people. And I look, I love Quinn Steiner, and I think he's a really good coach. But again, it's more than just coaching. This this roster is somehow fundamentally flawed. There's something about the DNA of this team that is just not there. And again, I don't know if whatever the solution is, just find it. You know, there's a reason why Landry Fields gets paid millions of dollars. There's a reason why Quinn Snyder is paid championship caliber money. Am I paid championship caliber money? Am I paid eight, nine million dollars a year to, to do? No. That's where they that's why they get paid to fix this stuff. And if you don't, then guess what? You, you become unemployed. Look how many good coaches are on the marketplace. Who, who have won titles. Let's see, Mike Budenholzer is available. Nick Nurse is now on another team. Doc Rivers is out. Those are all guys that won championships. We have to figure this thing out. And what concerns me is that there's going to be a lot of bark and a lot of chatter, but there's not going to be the bite that goes along with it. It's not going to be moving pieces around. It's going to be basically the idea of, shuffling the chairs around on the deck of the Titanic and putting a new seating arrangement up and ultimately the same result happens. And more than just Trey Young buying in, all these narratives that are created, you can't go multiple years the way that this organization has done and think that everything's on track. And if we just bring in a new coach, it's all going to happen. But why didn't we get that boost? Why didn't we have that boost when we brought in a new coach? We had it with Nate McMillan when they brought him in. Why didn't we get that boost? Well, you know, we love Nate. And all. Uh-huh, what? The message was stale. Okay. Well, you, you were 10 and 11 with the new guy's message. You had a chance to, to fix some things and be inspired and turn things around. And you still sat in the eighth spot. And just floundered around, and that season was quickly ended. Let's get this thing fixed. And my concern is we're going to run it back as is, stay in the luxury tax until the trade deadline, and then we'll see what happens. That's not a very inspiring way to go about this. That doesn't give me a lot of hope and inspiration as to what this is going to be. I, I want moves. I want let's go. We've got a roster with some players on it that we can build around and do some good things with. Maybe this will happen quickly. I've talked to some people that say they're going to kind of take their time and all this kind of stuff. Take their time? For what? What's the point of taking your time? Teams are making moves everywhere. Making moves, make moves, money, money, money moves. 
got to move. I don't want to take our time. Got to get this thing fixed. Get it on track. Can't flounder around anymore. We'll see what happens. But again, hopefully that there is plenty of bite to go along with the bark for this Hawks franchise. All right, as you make hitting hard your first listen, be sure to go in and leave us a comment on whatever platform that you listen on that you're an everyday listener. So leave us a comment that you're an everyday or two the program. We thank you so much for being a part of the show and obviously for listening in to Hitting Hard five days a week. We thank you for being a part of our ever-growing community. But leave us a note that you are an everydayer, as we like to call them, an everyday listener to the program. So is it true what everybody says? So the latest person who has chimed in on this is Field Yates of ESPN. And the thing we're talking about is everybody's got the one last move for the Falcons, the thing that still needs upgraded, all this kind of stuff is they need another wide receiver. Here's what Field Yates had to say. Quote, if you've been reading this piece from top to bottom, you've seen the suggestion pop up already in a few places, but it's especially true in Atlanta where the team's depth chart beyond Drake London is currently led by Mac Hollins and Scotty Miller. While the Falcons ran the ball on the highest percentage of plays in the league last year, 51.1% of offensive plays, and have two possible stars in London and tight end Kyle Pitts, they simply must address the receiver spot with either someone available or someone who could become available. Okay, here's my thought about all of this. Okay, Do the Falcons, in theory, need another wide receiver? Yes. Okay. Is pass catching our problem, though? Like, when I look at Algier, B. John Robinson, Cordero Patterson, Kyle Pitts, Jonu Smith, Drake London, Scotty Miller, do, do I not have enough pass catchers on this roster? See, again, we talk about all of this stuff and then still don't want to look at well, gee, do I have that fire breather coming off the defensive line and defensive edge? Do I have Miles Garrett or Nick Bosa or TJ Watt or do I have one of those guys? No, no, we're talking about wide receivers and stuff like that. Look, you don't need another big time wide receiver to have this offense be effective. We're going to run the football first and foremost. And I don't know that much is going to change as far as the highest percentage of play calls in the NFL running the football. I don't think that narrative is going away. That's why you drafted a running back at six. That's why you got a great offensive line. That's why you you, you drafted running back at six into your offensive line at, at, at the second round. That's not set up to go huck it around. You're going to run the football, which is what Arthur Smith does. No problem with that. And again, I understand that, that when you look at, well, the depth chart, we have enough pass catchers. Patterson in the slot, John U. Smith out there, Pitts doing his thing. He's probably going to split out wide. Drake London, Bijan and, and Algier catching balls out of the backfield. On and on and on and on and on. When we get down in the red zone, we should be a top-tier red zone team. I've said we'll be defined by what our red zone touchdown conversion is this year. That's what will make all the difference in the world. Tell me we're 67% touchdown percentage in the red zone and we'll be an elite offense and we won't worry about all of these other guys that have to catch passes. I've got plenty of guys that can catch the ball out of the backfield, out of the wide receiver spot, out of the tight end spot. I'm not lacking in pass catchers, especially for a team that's not going to huck it around. You needed Roddy White and Julio Jones and Mohamed Sanu and guys like that 
when Matt Ryan's dropping back 700 times in a season, when he throws it 600 times in a season. I'm trying to figure out if my quarterback now with Desmond Ritter is going to throw it over 450 times. I'm not even sure he's going to run past that mark. They threw it 400. They, they attempted 412 passes last year. 412. Matt was averaging 600. I got the pass catchers. I've got these guys. I've got lots of guys that if I throw the ball to, whether it's shorter, deeper, whatever. You know, Miller's a guy who straight line speed and get downfield. His catch percentage isn't very good. I've got Pitts in London who can catch the ball over the place with a catch radius and all that. I've got guys, Patterson in the slot, catching passes. i got running backs that can catch passes. It's a lazy narrative when we start looking at what's the real thing that is questioned about the Falcons. It isn't how many guys catch passes. Do I have that fire breather coming off the edge? I hope that I do. I, I, I hope that Eba Katie can step up and do those things. I hope that Caden Ellis isn't the player we saw in the first three years of his career. He's the guy in the last year of his career. I hope that we get contributions from Calais Campbell. And all. I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope, I wish, I wish, I hope, 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 hope. We're not lacking in pass catchers. We don't throw the ball. That's fine when you had Matt throwing it 600 times a year. We got plenty of guys who can catch the football and plenty of ways we can use those guys. In, out, down, fifth, up, but yeah. We got plenty of guys. I'm not worried about having more wide receivers. My concern is still, can I sack the quarterback? Can I get that guy coming off the edge to bring the heat and whip on by a tackle and put the guy on the ground? That's what I fear. Not how many guys we have catching passes for one of the lowest passing teams in the NFL. I know it's not modern-day NFL football to run the football, but for this franchise and the way we're built, we can be effective on offense. We can run behind the right side of our offensive line, take our two stud running backs, and pick up a bunch of yards and get down deep and have one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. And then when I get in the red zone, now I can open things up with all the running and the pass catchers and guys in the slot and guys who can come out of the backfield and multiple tight ends and London splits out and Pitts splits out, I should say, and he becomes a mismatch. I got all of those things available to me. But everybody keeps saying, well, we got to have more wide receivers and all that kind of stuff because that's modern-day NFL football. And I get it. There's more than one way to skin a cat. I'm excited about what this offense can potentially be. And I understand the need for more wide receivers. But when you throw the ball 412 times last year, I'm not, I'm not worried about this. I have enough pass catchers. Do I have that fire breather coming off the edge? Let me, let me, if Eba Katie can be that guy, then I can start to worry about all of these things about people who stand 10 yards away from the line of scrimmage from where the football is placed. Tell me I'm great at the point of the football. I've got plenty of guys who can catch the football. That's really not what our problem is right now for this team. 
All right, well, thank you so much for making Hitting Hard your first listen. Be sure to go in and whatever podcast platform that you're listening on, let us know that you're an everyday listener to the program. But I call them our everyday or so. We thank you so much for being a part of our growing community. Listen in every single day, Hitting Hard, and give us a comment that you are an everyday or let us know that you are part of this. We ask you to subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcast. You get the latest episodes of Hitting Hard as soon as they become available. Also, too, you can check us out on the SiriusXM app. Check us out on that, and then give me a follow on my personal Twitter page, at JMCH316. Back with you tomorrow. This has been Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, Locked on Sports Atlanta. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.